Welcome to another episode of the NRL All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsley, back for TLT, Supercoach episode, TLT round 14. One round after the big buy round of round 13, which was absolute chaos for a variety of reasons, but even more chaos this round because we've got three teams on the buy and we've also got State of Origin 2 with plenty of possible outs that could happen in round 14. So it's a really tricky round, and for this round, it's been about three weeks. We got Billy Marion back on board. Billy, welcome back to the All Stars podcast, mate. It's been a few weeks. I know you've been sick and stuff, but hopefully your footy's been going well. Yeah, footy's been going all right, mate. Been really enjoying it. Although I'm starting to realise this week's a lot harder than last week. So we'll see how we go. Yeah, it's look. We've been saying it on this podcast all year when we've been talking about looking ahead to the big buy, but it was always going to be, you've got to be really careful about that round 14 because we've got the Manly Seagulls, the Parramatta Eels and the Newcastle Knights all on a buy. And obviously all those teams played round 13, so we stacked up on a lot of them. And there's a few other players that have just been randomly out, which is always going to be a bit of a risk as well, where guys just haven't been named or injured and so forth. So... Shapes is a really tricky round. It's going to be an interesting one to speak about. Um, before we do, I need to quickly mention the great sponsor of the All-Stars podcast in Picklebet. Picklebet are a fantastic bookie that you can jump on that have only been around a couple of years, but they're getting better and better. They've got some great same-game multis at the moment as well. Uh, things as well like the All-Stars special multi that they have. We've got a state of origin one this week, which is great. So if you go to NRL and look at outrights, there'll be some NRL specials that you can check out. The NRL special for the All Stars bet for this week is a state of origin one, and that is you can jump on the New South Wales Blues to win and Tom Dravojevic to score a try for $3.80, and I reckon that that's fantastic value. I'm on that one. That's the All Stars bet of the week that you can find on Picklebet. But if you like having a putt on sport, jump on there, obviously, but they also do great racing. Also great e-gaming as well, if you like to gamble on that. But make sure that if you want to have a punt, you sign up and use the promo code ALLSTARS, all one word, just ALLSTARS. It'll be there as a reference code uh, that you can use or maybe affiliate code, it might say, but it's just ALLSTARS when you sign up and they'll take great care of you because they'll see that you're one of our listeners. So jump on Picklebet, give them a go. I love them. Always think, though, is this a bet that you really want to place? You can get free or confidential support by calling 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Super coach episode. We've got the Talk and Footy episode this week as well. Got a great Talk and Footy episode next week where we're going to have Jamie Soward on board to do an NRLW preview and talk about his Dragons girls and all the moves that they've made. That's going to be a great one as well because we talk about the state of origin. But for the Super Coach episode this week, Billy, round 13. Uh, before we even get into the good, the bad, the ugly, the Clint Eastwood, how did you go? How did you find the round? Yeah, it was all right. A little frustrating. Ended up with oh, oh, nine eighty six, I think it was. So um, managed to win a head uh, a head to head by about five points, which was great. I struggled without having uh, blokes like the horse. Where took took a punt on missing missing a couple of blokes like that. I did see them score a hundred and was absolutely spewing, but. Uh, Got lucky with um I think my bigger purchases was um Isaaco Dylan Brown were my purchases VC Isaaco and um 
my uh, old old eel pod fell over the line for a try. The big twenty minute forward that you laughed at me about. <laughs> oh, big Greg! Yeah, big Greg saved big everybody. Greg. I think this round. I so didn't have him, unfortunately. He's done. Yeah, so he's done. He's done his job, mate. Today's a foot. So the only time I've played him, which is uh, fine. He's made a couple hundred grand, so he's done his job. Glory, glory. Well, I ended up having one of my better rounds, eleven sixty-five. Sweet. Um, I would have. Uh, look, let's just get into the Clint Eastwood now. The good, the good was my score. Um, the bad, there wasn't really much of it. I only, I had a low score of fifty, and I obviously had thirteen that counted. But the ugly, Mitchell Moses, Billy. I had him VC. Now, one hundred and ninety in a buy round, you'd normally say, "How's that ugly, Barnsley?" Look, I finished around about a hundred score for the round. And looking at the guy that scored the best, I would have been right there if I kept the C on Marju. So I had it on Big Greg the whole time. It was going to be VC, Moses, C, Marju. And uh, because Moses got that try in the, the final minute, I went, no, I just got to loop it. I got to loop it. And uh, I thought about leaving it, but I didn't. I looped it. And I should have just kept it on Big Greg because I would have been right at the point end of the top scores of the round. No, you can't do that. Yeah. You can't do that with a thought through all that. Like, he scored. He scored a treble for what? Get what, how many points more than a hundred? No risk reward there, mate. I think I was in the same boat. I had the VC on Ozarko, and it was just it, you just take the hundred. There's no, no, no point going from both of them, you mate. Yeah, I still would have been about ten points off the, the round score or something. But um, but yeah, that's. A, I mean, look, I can't complain. It was one of my better weeks, but I was due for one because I've been having a, a bad season until the last few weeks. But I'm back at the business end now. I can actually make a bit of a run, which is good. Uh, what about your uh, bad and ugly? How did you? You've already spoken about Asako, which was a bit of a master stroke. He was one of the guns that I didn't have that went 100 plus. But yeah, so him and Marju obviously my wins. Um, the bad, um, what was the bad point on my team? Oh, <laughs> Tafare probably. Oh, but yeah. did, did, did he count for you? Did he have did, to count in your 13? No, 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 no. He was the 14th player. That was frustrating because. It, it was more of a cash out, if if anything, with it with the added bonus that hopefully he might sort of um, play play this week. But no, he didn't. So we're just, yeah, the one that the one that the one that really uh, frustrated me was um, DeBellin and Ford having having those guys sort of one come off for a, a bullshit penalty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay with DeBellin, that kind of that kind of really hurt Hit him off for ten minutes. And Ford, he was absolutely killing it, and all of a sudden comes off the field. I don't know what's going on with that Warriors rotation, mate, but he's dead to me now. <laughs> yeah, the Warriors rotation is always going to be really tough because it's just they've just got so many forwards um, and not to do a pun there for forward, but the forwards are always going to get forward. Uh, let's move along to the scoring as well for round 13. Have a quick debrief on that. I was quite surprised that we actually had seven tons in the round uh, and even more so that we had 138, 128. So we did have the big scores in there. Marju was obviously the 138. But the guy that got second at 128 at 2.7% ownership, Watani Zelezniak for the Warriors, 128 points. And he went up 63,000. So there's always, even on this podcast, Billy, like, uh, you know, we pride ourselves on the All-Stars podcast of, of getting varied guests in and, and different people to talk to, but also being able to do longer podcasts, being able to talk about as many players as we possibly can. But inadvertently, you always miss some. You can't talk about everybody. And DWZ, he was one that we we just didn't have time to talk about. He's gone up 63K this week and coming off 128-point score. And he hasn't ever been super relevant, 
but he's actually going okay this year, averaging 67 points a game. So a bit of a surprise, but if you had a bit of a look at him, it was kind of a bit of an astute punt at his price point. Yeah, exactly. Um, the only drama there is you've, you've got to try and figure out what your escape plan um, with him uh, is now because he's really simply giving you, what, an extra what, 70 points on what other people would have scored last week. So you need to try and figure out uh, where, where do you cash out or where do you exchange him um, before you lose that 70-point divot, that's all. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be a pretty easy one for people. I mean, he's, he's got up 63K and he's got a 15 BE, so... Uh, playing against the Dolphins in New Zealand. Easy one, that's great. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one for him in New Zealand. So you'd expect that he's going to hit the 100K profit mark and then give you that massive score and 100K profit and away you go. I didn't even think about that. That's probably something to think about even more so next year. Like if you're coming down to uh, – you're not a guy that you're going to buy sort of four or five weeks ago, but if you're looking for what an 11th, 12th, 13th or 14th player – um, going into the buy room, someone that's not priced ridiculous. But like you said, he's not high on the radar. But if you're astute enough to go, look, I've already got you know sort of 13 players. I'll get a bloke in like that. If he if he crushes it, he score score counts. If it doesn't, no skin off my nose. But knowing that he's actually got what got the um the Dolphins this week, pretty good play. Yeah, and the fact that it's in New Zealand. I mean, the Dolphins are always have been super competitive, but playing in New Zealand's a big travel for them. Yeah, but still, but still, it's not like playing, you know, the, you know, Panthers in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, of course, I mean. of course. Uh, Isaiah Tass, one nineteen, didn't really see that one coming. One point one percent of coaches. Scotty Drinkwater, he was one of my big wins this week, actually. Two point eight percent owned. Oh, really? Yep, I I bought him in when he had the Dragons and Tigers back to back because I thought that, that was the opportune time. Yeah, and um, that's worked out fantastic. Like he's. He's just gone up 70K. So I was kind of surprised that he wasn't on the radar a bit more because he was still only like 640,000 on a buy round as a fullback. And a lot of people are obviously trading out turbo and stuff as well. That's the problem. That fullback he was in that position where you you, yeah. you you really would have had to trade trade out um, guys that were on, on the cusp of big scores. Yeah, 117 points, though. But he ended up going great. Um, and he's actually been going really well. Like I, as an owner, I was actually worried this week because I thought the Cowboys were going to get towed uh, and it, they went a lot better against Parra than what I expected them to. Uh, but yeah. he's now gone, uh, since that Dragons game, he's gone 75, 95 and 117. So that's a big three weeks for him. You know, one of those sort of calculated risks that we talk yeah. about that you need to make. Um, Hobart, 114. 74K. We talk about these guys that we can't speak about, Billy. You know, got who would have looked at starting Albert in their side this week, but he was one of the, the six, uh, seven hundred plus scores. Well, gee, that's a lot more than what I would have expected. <laughs> um, look, you can laugh if you want, but Raiders are on a bit of a roll. They've, they've got games under the belt. It's what, six from the last seven, isn't it? And they were pretty much always going to be full strength. So, not, not the silliest of moves, although not the most sensible either, but not the silliest. Yeah, it was funny, some of the hundreds. Like, obviously, then you've got Jacob Little at 110, and he's 0.8%. Jermaine Osako at 100 was obviously the big one, and you did well looping him. He downgraded quite a bit. I'm sure you would have been filthy. I think he downgraded, what, 17 points? Yeah, it was filthy on eight. No, he was at 109. Then went down to 100 flat. So how you can actually lose nine points is beyond me. It's not like he lost a try assist or anything. He, he lost, what, hit-ups or tackle bus or something. So 
I don't know what what they thought he, thought he got that they didn't because they obviously didn't add anyone either. Yeah, and then after him, we had the Raiders on 99 and 99. Horsburgh was the big one. Uh, he was great. He's still only 10.6% owned, so that was great. And he he's fantastic on the edge and pinpointed that last week on the podcast. I mean, it's on an edge for him. He's golden. He does like it out there. And, you know, he came through two line breaks, one try. But Papa Lee, obviously he's, you know, out of the origin frame now because he's retired from it. And he's he looked really bad this year. He was about 500K. And nobody should have been looking at him. He was only 1.5% owned, but somehow he's come out with a 99 and he actually looked really good. So he's another one of those ones that you just, you know, everyone will look at horse, but actually the other front row at Canberra for 100K less actually got a 99 too in Papa Lee. Um, but, you know, I was a little bit, I, I was hoping Mitchell Moses would have been that 100 plus club, but he wasn't quite there. But he's actually shown a little bit of, not vindication for the guys that traded him in, but I guess um, after his knockout and 17-point game. Uh, he's gone 130-95, so he's helped settle down the nerves of a few people that got him in, including me, I guess. Yeah, who is, um, I was laughing at one point got through the game going, oh, geez, I hope the boys score well, but not you, Moses. Give it to give it to Dylan. Give it to Dylan. And then, uh, the, the what? So when, when he fell over the line at the end, I could always hear you kind of screaming from the cash at home because I could see you popping up, doing the death rattle, just asking Moses to do something in their game thread. The one, the one that shit me was um, Gutho. Did absolutely nothing all game and then somehow, somehow ends up on 80, 85 points. Did nothing to earn that. There wasn't even, there was no draw and pass. He was basically given two try assists and two line break assists because he did more than anyone else, but didn't actually do anything. Yeah, I barely noticed him as well. Uh, I didn't notice him too much out there, Gutho. Uh, but all the Eels boys really went pretty well. Dylan Brown obviously got the 84 as well. Uh, so there was some there was some really good scoring. You know, we had 20 80-plus scores as well when you have a look at that. Um, but another guy that I'll pinpoint to, Billy, that I spoke about last week, as soon as Joe Tarpany got moved to the 13 jumper, I was all over him and I traded him straight in. He scored 82 points, but more importantly, he got um, huge minutes and the biggest minutes that he's had all season. Named a 13 this week again. Like you saw it last week, 82 points, and he was getting that base attack back up there. Uh, he was a great buy last week for those that brought him in or have held him, uh, and he shapes up as a great one at 13 now as well. Yeah, the thing that frustrates me is that I started the year with him when he was getting no minutes, then got injured, so I sold him. So I didn't have him all the horse. And all of a sudden, oh, well, it's not like you ever had enough game time. Let's not just give you an extra five minutes. Let's move you to fucking lock and play the entire game. It's demoralizing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the other thing too is that obviously um, Howard and Ira went out, but he still played 66 minutes, so it really didn't affect things yeah. too much. 68 minutes for Tappany at lock, though, meant that he had 20 runs. That's big. That's huge. It's better than 55. 45 to 52 is where you've got to start worrying, but... When Ricky starts giving him sort of 50, 55 to 58, that's when you know, all right, uh, so there's room for those extra couple of um, offloads and tackle bus. And when he starts throwing around, that's when you know you're getting into the 70s. But to play that many minutes, it's, yeah, he's going to start, he'll start pumping the big numbers. He, yeah, he certainly will. He, he's a huge buy at the moment now. Uh, and Kalen Ponga and, uh, was a pretty popular buy as well. And he came through with 77 points, which was solid. 
but one of one of the guys I'll pinpoint in that Newcastle side aside from Ponga though, Billy. I was really keen on Dom Young if I wanted to have a real big balls pod go. And I mentioned it last week that I reckon he's a good chance at scoring points against Manly. He ended up with seventy nine at two percent ownership. Uh and he's coming in now at five hundred and thirty seven thousand and he looked did you see did you watch the Newcastle game? Did you see that try that he scored? That try, that was a thirty five point run. It was amazing. He just he's gone like ninety meters. Uh, he's got those ones in him, especially against Manly. So uh, I thought he looked pretty pretty good on that run. But you know that's that's all you need with Supercoach. Some of these wingers that can just make these massive runs. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I nearly I nearly fell over myself when um Best actually passed the ball to um Marzu <laughs> for that first one. My tongue was on the floor. Like what? <laughs> he's he's a dead set hog, mate. He just he. <laughs> It just reminds me of like my uh, under eights, mate. They refuse to pass. That's what Best is like watching. I'm uh, cringing at the thought of Crichton actually playing Origin because uh, whoever's outside of me is going to touch the ball. Mm, well, let's move along and have a quick strategy discussion. This one's not going to be an in-depth one. It's just going to be a quick chat because Billy brought up a really good point at the start of the podcast, and that is round 14 looks tougher than round 13 all of a sudden. Uh, and people should take note of that because we've got – this coming up again uh, after the round 16 buy. So, Billy, I think at the moment it's good to talk about it because a lot of teams are experiencing pain. And what you want to do in Supercoach is learn the hard lessons, but make sure you learn them. So I think that my advice when we're talking about strategy here is that many teams will be short this week. Don't get caught out again. Get ahead. And specifically, the next big buy round is round 16. And there's some really popular teams in that one where people are getting a lot of players from them. The Cronulla Sharks are especially popular to a slightly lesser extent the Tigers and the Bulldogs. But those three teams have got the round 17 buy. So if you're a team that's really struggling this week, it really shows why you need to plan this buy period really carefully. Don't just look at the one big buy round. You need to look at the whole period. So, I mean, I'm not sure what you do, Billy, but for me, I do up like the six-week period, seven-week period, and I, I look at the plays that I've got for each round and then I plug in based on that. And I always do a bit of a test case. Like in round before round 13 started, I pretended it was round 14 after my trades and looked and set up my team like it was round 14 just to see how many runners I had and what contingency plans I had. But I've also looked forward as well to see what I've got in round 16 and 17 because those little buy rounds like this one where you got three off, are really going to affect teams. And I think that planning is going to be key. So if you've stuffed up, Billy, I think that the the message is you can learn from it, but make sure you do because it's going to come up again around 16, 17, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. Mate, all I do is look for the for the keepers in those rounds coming up. That I want. So that way there's uh, absolutely no, no drama about women. Um, when I need to get someone in and when I need to get some, someone out, it's just more a matter of get, um, getting them into the buy run than, than worrying about players that are going to need to fill a full contingent uh, pre and post. That's when you start think, thinking about, all right, so what's the timing with Jackson Ford in and out? What's the timing with Cody Walker in and out? And the other good thing to have a look at as well is uh, the utilisation of your boosts. So... Certainly, if you've got a couple of boosts left, Billy, uh, and I was talking to a few teams about this last week where they were like, oh, I can boost and have, you know, 15 or 16 players. And I was like, don't do that. Like, just stick with your 14 yeah. or stick with your 15. That's fine because that boost is going to come in really handy. So if you're a team that's lucky enough to have boosts left, because I've seen a lot of people that have used them, Billy, 
I actually think that you're better off saving those boosts for for these post origin rounds for this like round fourteen this week. Use a boost if you need to, definitely, and also round seventeen because I reckon that those rounds you can get ahead of players pretty significantly. Like this is almost like a mini buy around this week, isn't it? Where I reckon you can get massive green arrows if you buy the plan well, or if you can actually utilize a boost, you can get ahead of the competition. And I'd be doing that. Oh yeah, if you can utilize that to get up the ladder, of course. I've used all my boosts already. I think I was out of them about six or seven weeks ago. But there's there's two different sides of the fence. There's there's players like Perso who say you know who think you know it's silly kind of getting rid of them because it, because they're highly valuable during during the buys. My thought process is I I want to be as high as possible as early as possible. So I'm inside the top one thousand now, but that's only because I had to, I used all my boosts so I couldn't give a crap I've got none left. I'd, I'd much rather be in my position and trying to maintain as opposed to trying to get up the ladder. Yeah, I, I was burning them pretty quickly, but I had a lot of team things that I had to fix up. So it is pretty team specific. But if you're lucky enough to have some left, don't be scared to use them now. Like I wouldn't. I wouldn't be playing someone that's going to give you 10 points and only having 17 runners just because you want to conserve a boost. I would do that boost now because this is just like a big buy round almost where you can get ahead pretty quickly. And you've got plenty of time to work out round 16. So certainly um, I think that's a really good strategy. Billy, market watch for round 14. Mm-hmm. This is a really big round, like we said. Uh, it's it's pretty tough because a lot of teams are trading out of necessity. They're having to trade in guys. Uh, but also having to trade out guys that aren't playing because otherwise they're not going to be able to field 17 uh, or potentially not, depending on the origin outs. Number one trade out is Jared Croker. Now, he's not playing this week. Uh, he's going to get his uh, swan song game at Canberra. That makes a fair bit of sense. Katoa makes a bit of sense. Latrell Mitchell is the first real controversial one here. So Latrell obviously is pulled out of origin, Billy, and he's not going to play this week for South Sydney. He's the third most trained out player. Uh, 813,000, there's a lot of cash that you can play with there. He's in 16% of teams. Uh, I guess the thing with trading out someone like Latrell is that he's he's averaging almost 80 points a game this year. He's been the clear-cut number one fullback when we haven't had any clear-cut number one fullbacks outside of him. So do you trade out someone like Latrell this week or do you think that it's better off to take the bullet and to have him back, you know, round 15 versus Dragons because that's... That's a pretty good matchup for him. And obviously, he's then going to miss around 16, but then you've got to run uh, after that as well. And probably, you know, one of the things that people bring up with Souths is that they do miss that round 26, which is a grand final round. But to me, you know, looking that far ahead, you're missing out on too many points now. So I think there's a good argument for both. Like, I, I think that it's very team specific. I think some teams are going to be better off selling Latrell Mitchell, particularly if they need to field a, a competitive team and they can't. Other teams, I think it would probably make sense to hold, but where are you on, on the trail? On the soul train. I, I kept him because I actually wanted him for this week's game as well as that uh, other uh, matchup next week. That's the reason why I kept him. But the mere fact that he's 100% out this one, 100% out around uh, 16, and he's going to be still under an injury cloud or actually coming back and playing with a calf next week, there's no guarantee here. So for that, 800k, whatever you, whatever you want. I'm not playing without no full work this week and taking an 80 of Tafari. So Tafari can shove his four points. I need a fullback. <laughs> I need I need a fullback. And um, yeah, that's my money for Manu. And I kind of figured I'd bugger it. But I'll just I'll just take I'll take the punt on 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 Buller. I was completely skipping him because 
Um, uh, I wanted Tom Trevojevic in a game, uh, so last last round game, which ended up going well. He scored what, 145 or something or other, and he's got a he's got a perfect matchup. Um, I think next uh, next week, next 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 week as well. So, um, was looking to keep both those guys, but with Latrell's injury now, mate, it's not. I've got to have someone there. Mm. Well, I mean, the the thing is with Latrell as well, um, they've got to buy in round 20, which is really annoying because that's when. Origins over. Yeah. In round nineteen, they're actually going to be in Origin camp, and that means that he's going to miss two weeks there. He's going to miss the Bulldogs matchup, yep. and he's going to miss the buy in round twenty. So the draw isn't yep. favourable. It is going to mean that he's a super pod though over this period. So yeah, that's why I think it's arguable too. You know, if you're a team that can hold him, he's also going to be a super pod. And you got that Dragons game in round fifteen, which is going to be massive for him. So. Really tough. Um, the draw has really stuffed up um, guys like Latrell that are representative players for the Bunnies. Lockie Miller's a really easy sell. Uh, Clint Gutherson, uh, look, he's the fifth most sold player. He's just dropped 50K, Billy. Now, I understand that he's just dropped 50K and, and people might be a little bit underwhelmed at the moment. He scored 25 in round 12, but he has bounced back with an 81 uh, against the Cowboys this week. And then he has the Bulldogs... And Manly, and Manly is in the big buy round, and he actually does play round 17, which is that mini buy round, big buy round that we talked about with three teams off. So he's actually got a really good draw after this week, and he plays a really tricky period of 16 and 17, and then the the next major big buy round and the last one of the year in round 19 against the Warriors, he plays that one too. So he's actually going to cover both big buys and also the mini big buy round in round 17. To me, uh, look, I, I would much, I'd, I'd be selling Latrell Mitchell more than what I would be a Clint Gutherson. If I was a Clint Gutherson owner and I could field seventeen this week that was competitive, I'd really want to hold him. So I'd hope that the people selling him are probably people who can't field a seventeen and have to sell some of these guys. But geez, he's going to be really valuable in the upcoming run, I reckon. Oh yeah, um, look, I might rip on him, but he's still got a score, you know. Uh, half decent, like that, that game where he scored 25, that's sort of normally even for him. Mitch Moses is a flat track bully. Uh, Gutho, Gutho scores better when, he, when he's up against the bigger teams. I wouldn't be selling him knowing knowing, the, knowing how hard it is to field a team in round 16, mate. I, I just don't get that one. Surely there's other fullbacks to sell. Yeah, just other positions. Like in the draw after this week for the Eels, the Bulldogs, Manly, but that's going to be a home game for the Eels at Combank Stadium. Uh, the Dolphins, they do have the round 18 buy, but that's a buy by themselves, so you don't have anything else to deal with. And then they have the Warriors in 19 at Combank Stadium and the Golden Coast Titans in round 20 at Combank Stadium. Like The Eels are a team that I try and target at the moment because of the sort of draw that they have. So certainly if I own Gutherson, I'd, I wouldn't be selling him. I'd be re- rethinking that one. Uh, Valentine Holmes... He's going out pretty quickly. He has been for a few weeks. I think that he's a pretty easy sell. Uh, you you had Holmes early in the year, and I believe you sold him already. Yeah, I started the week and got rid of him uh, just prior to that one big score. Yeah, so there's a few easy ones here. Jackson Ford and um, Jack Bird's out for a couple of weeks, and the Hammer, they're pretty easy sells. Yeah, that's really frustrating, that one. <laughs> you, you, buy, you buy people for specific runs and all of a sudden you know, they're, they're under the weather and don't play a full game and then they just don't do the job where you need them. Yeah, and I mean, Bird's a, Bird's a tough one because, I mean, he's gone not great the last month. Like, he's gone 52, 53, 62, 48. Yeah. And 48 in a buy round. 
it's a, it's a little bit underwhelming, isn't it? When you pay, most people pay, you know, over 500k at least. Yeah, especially when you're looking for second 80 minute second row forward um, points at sort of seven three quarter, and they come up with, with a matchup like they did, and then all of a sudden you've got a bloke who you you weren't only just banking on playing one round, like I, I needed him this week. So all of a sudden, I've traded in a bloke to get 48 points in a buy round, and now uh, I can't play him this week because he's out. I'm pretty sure I would have traded someone like um, um, Manu out for him, and now. I've got to trade Manu back in. Yeah, it's super frustrating and it's, it's burning those trades. It's it's a little bit unlucky, but I mean, you know, someone like Bird, it, it, it tends to happen with him fairly frequently. Um, but yeah, that's uh, 5% owned as well. The, the bad thing about that for owners is it's one of those ones where you jump on it as a bit of a pod play, like I did with someone like Drinkwater, et cetera. But it's great when it comes off, but when it doesn't, and there's been plenty of those like in my life where they're not all drink orders for me, uh, like a bird at 5% ownership. It doesn't really burn that many players, but it's burning you. So it, that's the downside of the pod players as well. There is a guy that's a really uh, interesting one here that, look, I, in a couple of chats, talking to people, went, I'm in, my team is in a position where I will field a, a decent 17 this week and I plan for it, but at the same time, I don't have much depth, Billy. So I needed to look at selling somebody that was on the buy this week. So it had to be a Knight, it had to be a Manly player, it had to be an Eels player. It had to be one of those. Now, I've already spoken about how, how much I want to hold the Eels players. It made me look at all of them. And I actually talked myself into it not being that crazy as it sounds to sell Ruben Garrick. And now all of a sudden he's, he's the ninth most sold player. Now I get it, but I reckon that you're going to be against me on this one. Um, let me let me give you my sales pitch for Ruben Garrick out, and then you can tell me whether you're going to buy or not. Garrick is not going as well as what oh, as what we wanted last round at 55. Granted, it was you know still a solid score, but he's now going to break even of close to 80, and he's worth over 700k. The biggest thing for me that made me want to do it though is the draw. So. Out of the between round fourteen and nineteen, he's only going to play four out of those six rounds, and that's a big deal. Um, and the four games that he does play, one against the Dolphins at Four Pines, which is okay, but then he's away at Clombank versus the Eels, away at Amy Park versus the Melbourne Storm, and then a home game at Four Pines against the Roosters. And the Roosters should have their full complement of players back by then as well. They'll have absolutely everyone available. So. You can argue three out of the four matchups that he's going to have aren't great, and only three out of the six you might even really be wanting to play him for. Um, but you've got to obviously play him for all of them because he's 700K. Garrick's had a great year, though. So, I mean, the argument against Billy is obvious that, you know, he's, he's a 70-point scorer. You're going to want him on the run home. But for the immediate, you know, I, I'm going to sell him because I've got to sell someone that's on the buy this week, and he looks like the odd man out with his BE, his value, and the games that he's playing. Do you reckon it's completely crazy to get rid of Ruben? No, not at all. Um, more so because he wasn't playing fullback when Tomorich is out for origin. Um, that was his key position last week. Uh, so last year where he just was all over the park and had the big scores. Um, he's still going to score well. Um, it's not like he's going to score you know, sort of zero versus the Storm. He's still a goal kicker. Um, if anyone's going to get a line breaker and try, it's always the wingers. It doesn't matter who they play. Um, it's just less likely that he's going to score two or three of them. That's all. So he'll still do well, but for that sort of for that sort of price point, I'd be selling him too if I really needed and I, and I needed a number. 
Yeah, and Manly are starting to get a little bit uh, thin on the first grade players that they can throw out there at the moment too. And and one of those four games, they're, they're going to be without the origin players too. So, yeah, oh, I think it's a good time to cash him out. And here's someone that you can get for the run home later. But I will say, even after that round 19 buy, uh, when you have a look at it, it's it's not heaps enticing until the final few games. So you might even decide that you're just going to leave him because round 20, North Queensland, it's okay. Sharks is a tough one at points, but away at win, not the easiest travel, but against the Dragons, all right, that's a good one. Then they're away versus the Roosters and at home versus the Panthers. It's not the easiest draw there. And then they finish off with the Warriors, the Bulldogs and the Tigers. It's a little bit hard for Ruben. I'm going to get rid of him myself. Let's have a look at the buys, Billy, because there's all different types of buys this week and that's making it pretty exciting. And it's also a time where there's going to be a huge point of difference in the scoring as well, which I think can separate teams a lot this week. Jacob Carraz, the number one purchase player, 486,000. 10.8% of teams are bringing him in. I'm a bit disappointed he's the number one player being brought in, Billy, because he's only in 5% of teams at the moment, but he's going to be at 16% plus by the end of the, by the time this round actually starts. Um, he hasn't been going great since he returned, though. So re- returned in round 10. He's got 39, 53, and 49. His attack hasn't been there at all. He did have one game that was out of this world uh, base where he had the raw base of 45 in that round 11 game versus the Warriors, scored 53. But his base base attack just isn't what it was before. And, he ha- and he's got the one try last round in round 12 that he played, and he only scored 49 with that try. Do you think that Caraz is going to come back and be the player that we want? Because obviously he's going to play this week. It's going to be against the Roosters, but he's going to cover you for that round 16 buy. So to me, he's a really good value at 486000 Yeah, he's good value, but I'd like to see a bit more of him um, before I buy him. I think yeah, there's just more value in um, buying the explosive sort of um, players that have soft matchups for now. Um, at the end of the day, he, he's, he's still a winger. It's the equivalent of sort of getting into Nafo uh, uh, Luma at, at the moment. Like, he's hit and miss. Like, the bloke can come out and score 75 or 125, but could just as easily pump out the sort of 35. So, um, given the availability of uh, other players at the moment, um, I, I'm going to be sticking with, you know, the, or, or, the, you know, the, the Joseph Manus um, of the world this week and then just picking him up next, next week or the one after. Yeah, it is really hard with Karaz. He does have a 60s BE, so he's not going to go up in money this week. Look at that, no. And you do get to look at him for another week, like you said. It, the, the thing that's that's stopping me, like I, I really want to get him in. I think that the, the big pro for getting him in, Billy, is if you need a downgrade, he's going to free up a heap of cash at 486000 price tag, right? Like you can make over $200,000 going Ruben Garrick to to Jacob Carraz and do a good upgrade somewhere else to a fully-fledged gun. So I think that's that's the reason to do this trade this week and hope for the best. The reason to wait is obviously the break-even, but more so there is an argument that it's not going to be worth it for the buy period. He does have that round 17 buy, so you can only limit yourself to so many players out of that Bulldogs, Tigers, uh, and... What's the other one? Sharks trio. Those trio of teams, you can only have so many players because they're all going to be off round 17. And his draw for the next three games is the Roosters, Parramatta and the Sharks. It's not the best three weeks, is it? So, you know, maybe he doesn't score that well the next three weeks. Maybe you cannot have him for the buy. Maybe you could just not get him in. As a downgrade option, though, if you had to do it, I'm hard-pressed to find anyone else at 500k or less. It's probably a better buy than Karaz. 
Yeah, um, if you take yourself back to the, to, to the start of the year as well, um, particularly after those first couple of games, um, if, if that was his Formula One, you would you would one hundred percent be buying him right now. It's, it's just that he's not on a, on a massive hot streak. This is the only reason that um, he's not a hundred percent buy. But the, the potential's there. We've all seen it. It's exactly the same as Talakai. Talakai's got a, a half a half decent sort of break even kind of this week, and obviously coming back from injury and the 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 buy coverage coming up. So he's at exactly the same boat. Maybe maybe with a, with a little bit of a lower break even and a bit of form behind him, but um. It's just a matter of which one suits your team right now. What's the price point that you can work with? Buller at the Tigers has come onto the scene and burst on and, and played fantastic, now averaging 63 a game. Um, yep. He's the third most popular player. He's 452,000. So I'm I'm going to say that I'm slightly against this one a little bit. And it's not because I don't think that he's a good player. Like I do, I just, I guess, Billy, I'm seeing teams that I feel like are getting carried away because of his 124 points against the Cowboys. And I just think that that game is such an outlier. Uh, the other games, he's been really solid. He's scored 38, 60, 59, 45. But if he continues that form line before the 124, at a $452,000 price tag and minus 26 BD, he's going to end up a sell in the next fortnight, potentially. And that's not going to get you quite to your round 16 buy. And you might very well lose the money by the time you sell him in round 17 that you might make. So is it worth getting him in at 450k and selling him for maybe 450 to 475k in a few weeks' time and getting that round 16 number? And certainly, if he's only going to give you that 45 to 55 type of score for the next few weeks, you know, where does that sit? Yeah. Obviously, the argument as well is that you know he's got a, a decent draw. He plays Canberra in the Gold Coast the next two weeks, and the round 16 game is against the Storm, which is going to be without the Storm stars in that big buy round. So, you know, is it worth it for this three weeks? To me, I've looked at it and gone, I don't think it is just because of his price tag, 450K. If he was 100K cheaper, you know, I, th- I think so. Uh, but you mentioned that you're looking at getting him and, and you're a bit of a Buller fan. No, not really a Buller fan. I just need someone at a decent at a decent price point so I can afford other players, that's all. Um, I just look at his scores, his, his, his work rate and, and figure, look, if he if he can pump sort of twenty five to thirty points to hit ups a game, which he is, um, throw in a couple of TVs. Uh, all he's got to do is you know, one try assist or one one try to get his score up there um, every, every couple of weeks. So if if I can just have to play him just this one week, just let him sit ride the pine for the next, for the game after that, then playing the one after, it's basically a three week camera, Then it's in and out. That's all I need him for. Yeah, if that's what you need him for, you know, he fits the bill. You know, I've got to say, we just spoke about Carrazzo. Like you're benchmarking him, they're almost at the same price, right? They're around that 450K type of mark. Um, you, you prefer Buller over Carraz when you can possibly keep Carraz longer term? Because yeah, to me, I, I was sort of looking at it and I chose Carraz myself. Yeah, I just looked at the... the, the... Just looked at the matchups, um, and also the fact that he's running from the middle of the park as opposed to, as opposed to the wing, that's all. Yeah, he definitely has better matchups. Um, he is fullback only locked though, so and you are going to have to trade him out quickly. I think it, I understand why people are looking at him. I, I'm just not as hot on him as what some people are, and I would just probably say temper expectations because I don't think we're going to see a 124 uh, anytime soon from him. <laughs> definitely not expecting that, mate. We're expecting him to score 50 points this week, and then I never have to play him again apart from the buy round. 
Oh, that's fair. He had like 85 or something ridiculous base base attack in that North Queensland game. <laughs> like he had a million tackle breaks and offloads and stuff. It was just ridiculous. So, yeah, you can't expect that every week. Let's move along. After Buller, there's a couple of easy ones. Uh, but one of the ones that's not so easy, people are looking at downgrades. Now, Solo at the Canberra Raiders, he's 251,000. He only went up 23,000. He now has a break even of two. And he's a second-row forward or front-row forward dual. Scored 68 points on the weekend in 52 minutes. Had a really good game. Tick some of the boxes, Billy. He plays this week. He's not going to play round 16, but he does play that tricky round 17 and the round 19 final big buy. He's only 250000 He's going to make money. I think that the argument against him, though, is that he scored really well in the big buy. But before that, he was scoring sort of 20s, basically. He scored 10 points in round 12 in only 18 minutes. But the Raiders are short on troops. So is he going to get more minutes? Oh, nah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not going there. Um, my biggest mistake was um, talking up um, Tomoko. And he's, and I was massively keen on him and I couldn't afford him. And I'm glad I avoided that. So to go to someone like um, him as opposed to Tomoko, who's got even less job security, nah, mate, not, not interested at all. Yeah, so I like I was super against it when I saw it, but when I had a look at the teams when they dropped, uh, it made me look at it a little bit more. I think the thing is that they've got CHN and Whitehead out at the moment, and Whitehead's not just got one more week on the sidelines from his um, suspension. He's also got his shoulder injury, so he's going to be out longer. So Horse is in the is gone from the middle rotation to uh, the edge. Uh, Tapani is playing bigger minutes, but he's playing at thirteen. Uh, and CHN's gone completely. So they're, they're a little bit short, and it looks like that it might be for a month or so. So they may very well just keep him there. Maybe he gets bigger minutes. I think when you have a look at it, they do have Gula on the bench, and Gula's a guy that generally in the past, they've, they've pumped the minutes up. And, but it's a bit of a funny bench too because they've got Starling and Frawley and Mariota. So those guys aren't going to infringe on forward minutes much at all. So it looks like they're going to play those forwards massive minutes. He should get more minutes, but does he get more minutes enough to actually be worth having for those scores that he's going to get? You know, I just tend to think that it's a little bit too hard to pick and that the horse is going to get the 80 minutes on the edge and then tap and he's going to play massive minutes at 13 and Papa Lee hasn't been playing big minutes. He's probably going to play that 55 plus sort of minute role as well. So when you're doing the minutes, yeah, he looks like he'll get extras, but I just I can't bank enough on how many extras he's going to get to be worthwhile getting, uh, not even a negative break even at the moment. Particularly where we've, we've been trying to establish how many minutes Tuppy's going to get all, all year to throw someone else else in the mix for the unknown and those guys coming back coming back from injury and suspension, you just can't do it, eh? No, I, I can't do it. Um, Corey Horsburgh, his teammate though, obviously he said scored ninety nine on the weekend. He's now six hundred twenty thousand. We spoke. He's been, he's been going great. Like I spoke about it a few weeks ago, and sort of said, "Look, you, you could get him in. It's not a bad buy, but it's not a great buy because a lot of the value's gone." Uh, but you know, in the last five rounds, he has gone ninety-eight, sixty-two, fifty, sixty-two, and ninety-nine. The big thing now is that he's guaranteed eighty minutes. He's playing on the edge, and he's going to have some attack. He's got the Tigers and the Warriors in the next two weeks, and the Warriors is at GIO, which is important because they are a lot harder in New Zealand. So that's a good couple of weeks. 17, he comes back in from the buy and has the Roosters. Then he has the edges of the Gold Coast Titans 
and the St. George Illawarra Dragons in the big buy round. So I can see why people are buying him. I do think that he's a, a decent buy at the moment. Um, probably what I'd watch out for, though, is paying 620k for him. Yeah. Uh, there might be a point in, in a month's time where you might be looking at possibly moving him on. I'm not sure how that's going to shake out with the minutes and when he goes back to the middle rotation when they're fully healthy. But, look, you can't argue with how the horse is going. I couldn't say to anyone not to get him. He's just looking a lot more expensive than 620000 isn't he? Yeah, he just in that um, awkward price point where um, everyone, everyone that's got him basically scored, uh, what, 100 last week at the price point that he was previously. If you get him now, you're probably going to be going backwards. Yeah, you're going to be needing like sort of that 65-plus score to substantiate a 620K purchase. And he's capable, yeah. Billy, but he's also on the on the edge. He's also going to run the ball a lot less. Uh, and you saw that on the weekend. Like he only had seven runs on the weekend. And he'll normally get more than that, but it's a far cry from like the 15 hit-ups that he gets in his 68 to 71 minutes he was getting as a, as a middle forward. So that's a big yeah. deal. Um, and that's something to watch out for because he could very well go that sort of 58 average, and then you're kind of paying too much for that, aren't you? Yeah, well, you, when you put it in a comparison, like most most people have like a if you don't have Horsberg, most people most people would would have like a Haas and a Walsh or a Haas and a Harris. Um, and if you're one of the one of the paupers who who Jim who still has kind of what, what Welsh in there. He's going to score up between forty-five and fifty-five. So you're paying an extra what, two hundred and fifty k to what get an extra maybe ten, fifteen points. Like, is that is that actually really worth it when you can have the anomaly that you know Welsh might actually score the same? Yeah, it, that's a good question. Um, I'd actually benchmark him against some of the other buyers this week. Like one of the other big buyers that was the next one to talk about is Britain Nakora, and like Nakora is basically yeah. eighty thousand dollars more. Um, and yeah, eighty thousand is a lot of money, but a known quantity. And somebody, yeah, he's an attacking weapon, but he's also going to play that round sixteen buy, which is your immediate problem, right? Yeah. Like after fielding a team this week, your next immediate problem is round sixteen, and he's playing the Bulldogs round sixteen at Points Bet Stadium. Admittedly, without Nico, but it's the only player that they're going to not have. Yeah. And one of the great things I like about Nico this year is. Even though he's over $700,000, he's a lot safer this year, Billy. He's averaging 74 a game, but I like how he's doing that. Yeah. Like, you can look at the last five games and he hasn't scored a try, but he's still got a five-round average of 71. The nicker of prior seasons, he would have averaged, you know, 58 points and it would have been real yep. average. 47 raw base and 16 base attack on top, that's made him elite this year. So I'd much rather pay up and get someone like him. Yeah, agree. Although um, I'm just going to wait a little bit longer, I think. I mean, he's got 100 break-even, so you cool, um, mate. Yeah, yeah, look, look, look for that. Look on it. Exactly like you said before, when you said, oh, what's the strategy? It's, all right, so who do I actually, who do I actually want by by this round? All right, let's work backwards. What, who, what's the price of each person? What's the break-even of each, of each person? Um, who are they actually playing this week and can I utilise their points this week as opposed to next week, even if they do have a higher break-even. So, and then just figure, figure out, you know, how to put the, te- the Tetris ball together as cheap as possible while maximising points before and during. Yep, agreed. Um, and you just have to, I guess, ask yourself that question if you need a second rower this week, you know, is it worth paying for Nicara? 
um, with the seven hundred thousand yeah. price tag versus the Broncos. I think it is. If you got to pick one, um, I, I'd pick him out of him and Horsburgh. I think he's got the higher upside. Uh, look, there's some backs to talk about here, Billy. A few center wings in particular that have been traded in heavily. Uh, Jermaine Asako, a lot of people are jumping on now. He was already heavily owned. Like he was already at 30, almost 33% ownership. Um, and now we've got an extra few percent of people jumping on this week at the moment. Uh, he's a 30 break even. I, I'm so scarred by Jermaine Asako, Billy. He's got <laughs> four 100 point plus scores now. Yeah, he does. And we're in round 14. And I just kept kept staying off, and he's averaging seventy eight points a game. It is ridiculous, but he's now seven hundred eighteen thousand, and I, I just can't pay up mm-hmm. for it. I'm just going to let you take it away. You talk about Asako. Like, what what should people do this week? Um, I'm not sure I would be buying him this week purely because he doesn't have that uh that next buy round to play. So I'd be sort of holding him at arm's length now. But um, yeah. Buying him last week was definitely the go. Like the the matchup was just too juicy. Knowing that he's he's kicking twenty points a game, um, he's got twenty five points in runs per runs per game. He's only got he's only got to break what one or two tackles and kick those twenty points, and then th- th- there's your fifty. If he gets a line break try, um, there's your eighty. So um, it's pretty much a no brainer owning him for the rest of the year. But you just got to look at all right. So, given the fact I have him right now, and what's his, what's his current price point? When when can I get him? Like you just go and have a look at the matchups uh, between now and the end of the year, and you go right. Okay, so as soon as that round sixteen is 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 out of the way, when can I, when can I realistically get him in? Because it doesn't matter who they play. He's going to be he's going to be kicking those goals. Then he reminds me of Tanner Boyd. Just doesn't miss. Yeah, I'm I'm going to wait. Like you said, I don't think this is the week. Uh, he doesn't play in the round 16 by. He does play around 17 and 19, though, and round 19 is against the Titans. So that's going to be really hard. Maybe you decide round 19, you revisit it. I don't think that there's a rush to pay that price for him right now. I'm actually looking at round 22 onwards. I'm looking at the, at the run home because he plays every game from round 22 onwards after the round 21 by. And all of those games from round 22 to round 27 against non-top eight teams aside from the Warriors. So he's got the Bulldogs, the Knights, the Roosters, the Tigers, the Cowboys, and the Warriors. It's a really good run home of six games, and there's every chance that he's cheaper than what he is now, and you didn't miss out by not spending on him. So I'm actually going to be waiting, although I am worried about round 19, and I might reassess uh, that week. But a guy that I'm not going to reassess, Billy, we mentioned Watani Zalesniak is someone that we couldn't have picked. He's in the top 10 most traded in at the moment. 128 points. That's that's fantastic. He's got a break even in the teens. But he is a guy that can score 30 points, and he could do that this week. And then you're not going to make next to any money. Uh, the 128 will drop out a week later, and you might make 40K and then have to look at dropping him out or losing all the money that you made. I, uh, I can see that he's obviously got around 17 and 19, but he's another one who doesn't play around 16. And he's another guy that's very, uh, unlike Osako, very questionable as to whether he's going to put up any scores like that again for the whole year. So I I think that this one is a little bit um, chasing last week's points, although he hasn't been terrible before that score. He's actually got a 99, uh, nothing less than a 36. So, you know, 558,000, too much for me, but are you seeing any more value there that I'm not? Nope. Well, now you just mentioned his lowest score is uh, 36, but you go back a bit further than this year, I can almost guarantee if he can score in the teens. 
Yeah, he can. And look, the Warriors have been going well and better than before. There's no doubt about it. But he has never scored in the 60s. He's always been a yep. 40s or 50s guy. So I tend to think he's going to come back down to earth and you, you play the law of the averages and the maths there. Uh, Nick Meany, I like him a lot more than DWZ. He's more yep. expensive at 692000 He's a little bit under the radar, Billy. I started with him and I'm now at this point really annoyed that I that I sold him when I did because I kind of had to. But 8% owned. Um, I see him as a fantastic buy right now because Pap doesn't look like he's coming back anytime soon. And Meany has averaged 73 for the year almost. And he's coming into a match against the Cowboys who have obviously been struggling pretty mightily. Um, after that, he's got the, the Sharks, but then he's going to play round 16 against the Tigers. And that's a, a pretty decent matchup for him. Without the Storm Stars, you know, yes, but he should get a lot of ball and a lot of opportunities still. Obviously, goal kicking. I like him better than any of these center wings that were spoken about, uh, and I'd certainly pay up for him. I think that he's a bit of a sneaky buy too because he's still only going to be about maybe 10% owned after people buy him this round. So I'm really quite rating Nick Meany as a buy this week, but he does have a big uh, break even at 98, so he could wait a week and see what happens. But he looks good for this run. Yeah, that's the reason why I didn't pick him up, purely because of that break-even. That's why I ended up picking up Bullock, because I figured um, by cashing out kind of Latrell with his injury and, and 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 Bird, one of those gives me an option to going straight to Manu. I think Manu's matchup this week is just too good not to sort of have a stab, given all the injuries that sent us through a quarter. And this, so the second position ended up being, with his break-even this week, do you pick him up or do you just go someone cheaper like Bullock who's going to make Make calling and play that buy round anyway. Well, the breaking point for the selling there was at least he's available at seven three quarter as well, as opposed to more. So you could give you know someone like a Tafale another week or or or, or anyone else in in, in um, as a matter of fact and, and just fill that last seven three quarter position next week. Yep, I agree with that as well. And I think the biggest selling point to finish off on Mini for me is that. It's a selling point for the Melbourne Storm, really, that they only have one more buy left, and it's in round 19. Uh, so they're one of the few teams with only one buy. And after round 19, they obviously play from round 20 to 27. And their run from 20 to 27 is probably one of the better runs uh, out of most teams. Um, they've, half of those games uh, are really good matchups, um, and a good amount of them as well are at Amy Park on the tougher ones. Like they do have the Eels in there, but that's going to be at Amy Park. Um, the Raiders is going to be at Amy Park. A couple other teams might improve, Billy, but overall, it's a pretty decent run. So I'm sort of looking at that going, well, you know, Meany's got a good run. I only have to go without him in round 19. And this buy period run, like he play, plays Penrith in round 18. But, you know, Origin Stars and all that, they're not going to be as strong. Um, and round 16 and 17, the Tigers and the Manly Seagulls in the big buy and the mini big buy, that's a really good run. So, yeah, in a couple of weeks' time, I think Meany's the best buy to buy then. But at the moment, if you really need a centre wing, uh, I like him more than a lot of others. Non-centre wing back, though, Dylan Edwards. Um, obviously, teams are selling Latrell Mitchell. Like you mentioned, you're a seller for Latrell Mitchell. Dylan Edwards is finally getting some love. Uh, he's in 6% of teams, but he's going to be close to non-pod territory anymore. 805000 He's pretty much a straight swap from Latrell. Um yeah, well, it, it is big money for him, though, but he hasn't got a score that's lower than a 42 all year. Uh, has 163 and 122 to his name. He's He's been super rock solid consistent, and obviously he's going to play 
round 16 and also round 17. Doesn't play round 19, but starts off with the Dragons this week on a Sunday when you'd expect the Origin players to probably back up. So it, it does shape up as an interesting pod move. Um, I can certainly see why people are into it, going Latrell to him. So a uh, big matchup this week too. Um, you know you know that Cleary is going to be well-rested, or pretty much the entire Origin contingent are as well. So um, if you're going to be chucking the captaincy on someone like Cleary this week, it's not the worst idea in the world to back up by, you know, get getting the uh, supporting fullback in the mix as well. Just double, triple your points. Yep. And if you're looking long-term too, because like we said, there hasn't really been any clear must-have two fullbacks. Uh, it, the Panthers only had the round 19 buy and that's it as well. Same as the Storm. So all of a sudden that looks a, a little bit juicy if you could uh, stay with a pod that's actually going to average 77 for the rest of the year at fullback like he has been. That could be pretty good for Dylan Edwards. And obviously his base, base attacks right up there at 57 per game. Really good floor. Uh, look, Billy, let's have a quick look at the matchups for the week. Machine Gun round 14. So first game of the round, uh, Friday night game, Tigers versus the Raiders. Uh, we already mentioned the talking point for the Raiders that their their forwards are going to get big minutes. So that's something to consider and why they should be looked at as buys. Um, on the Tigers side of things, not a huge amount of news for them particularly, but... First game of the round, uh, look, I can't see a VC or C option in this one. Are you, are you liking anything sneaky here? No, nah, not in that game, mate. Um, <laughs> you can could, you could throw a couple of, couple of flagpoles up, but they're not, not, they're not really going to fly the flag for you. Not going to fly the flag for you. There you go. Well, um, I do I do like that the Raiders are $1.75 on pickle bet. That's, that's pretty good odds. Um, I'm pretty into that. But the Tigers have obviously been playing well and have got a bit of confidence too. Uh, What do you think, before we move along quickly, there's a couple of these non-heralded Tigers players that are now coming off massive scores because of that 66 points. Stafford Tower being one, uh, Junior Tupo being another one. Do you think that any of these guys are are worth a punt Um, because they could make some money with those big scores in there and, you know, they've been scoring okay lately? Mate, anyone can anyone can score big. Like if, if you go back to um, the beginning of the year and say, look, oh, you need to buy Karaz, you need to buy X, Y, Z, you need to buy Sammy. You, you get players like myself go, nah, nah, guns and rookies only. I don't, I don't want to muck around with those in, in, intermediate guys. But if you go and look at the the, you know, the top five, top ten, top twenty sort of super coaches that are actually ahead of everyone else, they've got Buller, they've got. Um, Karaz, they've got um, Coros, they've got the, the 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 guys that aren't, aren't that either aren't exactly eight hundred fifty grand or didn't start the season at that price that are, that are actually doing the job. They've got the Horsbergs and the Tapakis. So not every player has to be a household name. So if you can find someone you think that's going to do the job for your two hundred grand less, just do it. The Warriors and Dolphins is the next one, uh, and look, I think the Warriors are pretty tough at home. I think that if this one was at Redcliffe, you'd maybe even dabble with the fact that you could throw a VC on, on a Sarko again and see if you could back it up. But the fact that it's in um, New Zealand, I don't think that you could look at anyone in this as a VC or C option. Yeah, correct. Big worries news too. Mitchell Barnett's back and he's on the bench. So if you're worried about Jackson Ford's minutes before, they've got Nakori back now. <laughs> they've got Tohu Harris back now. They've got Mitch Barnett back now. Josh Curran's on the bench. Dylan Walker's going to play in the middle off the bench now that he's not starting at six. They're, they're just 
if you own a Ford there, you'd be worried. And I'd be super worried about Fanua Blake now and how his minutes are going to look because they, they'll probably be back way down. So that's a big watch on that game. I might need to start to fire after all. Or Tino's new brother. <laughs> the Titans versus the Rabbits. Um, oh, look, the big news was that we've now got Jaden Campbell at six because Foran's out and Kinney is going to debut at fullback. Jaden Campbell's going to be on for feeder side. Um, that's a bit of a worry, which a lot of super coaches have mentioned. Uh, so, you know, you can't do much about that. I don't think that you should sell for feeder, but that's a bit of a worry on how much he's going to get the ball from Jaden Campbell. On the Rabbits team news, we've obviously got the trail out, but my matchup against the Titans. We're talking about VCNC options. Cody Walker's being traded in by a fair amount of coaches, even though he's not in the top 10 at the moment. Uh, do you go a VC Cody Walker? Do you look at an Alex Johnston who scored two tries last week and looks like he's rounding into form? I'm probably going to be looking at some of these South Sydney options, Billy, for the VC. I wouldn't be VCing, um, um, you know, never. <laughs> not without at least having to go with Cody Walker. So disappointed I can't actually get, get him in this week. Really would have liked to have him in there. I would not be VCing uh, Johnston over him. I'd be 100% going, going with Walker if I could, though. Yeah, I tell you who will be watches in this one though as a as a bit of a pod one to watch on your watch list. Keon Kalamatangi is named to start now. Uh, he was he's named in the extended squad and ended up starting last week. Uh, but he is six hundred twenty thousand has a break even over a hundred, and they've got a draw now with the Titans this week. Then the Dragons they do have the round sixteen bye, but then they play seventeen Cowboys, eighteen Warriors, and nineteen the big bye round against the Bulldogs. Uh, he's a really interesting play at the moment as a pod that's only a couple of percent owned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually think that it's a big balls pod play to say, you know what, screw the 100 plus PE. If I need a back rower <laughs> and he's $85,000 less than Nicker up, I'm going to go the the few percent owned key on Kalamatangi and back him for a try against that Titans edge. Because if they start David Fafita off on the bench and put someone else on that edge, Keon could get a very early meat pie in this one. And I kind of like that. He's going to be on Jaden Campbell's side as well. And I think they'll try and isolate Jaden Campbell. So obviously, Billy, he's going to get a lot cheaper, probably, from his 620000 But it is a discount on some of the more elite second row options. So as a big balls pod play, I actually like this one this week. Yeah, I wouldn't be too worried, worried about him. Like, players that score well are going to score well. Um, the matchups um, obviously help, but they're not the be-all end all, mate. So... If you if you if you need if it's same boat as um uh, what do you call it uh, storm fullback we're just talking about just then if it's a hundred grand difference which is um, a swaying decision maybe it's better just to spend spend a hundred and get 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 a bit of uh, peace of mind with the with the price point and the likely average you're going to get if it's any more than that that's that's probably when you start sort of taking the the, the safer route with saving money making money and, and not worrying too much about the score because you're going to have enough money offset that you can utilise elsewhere. Yeah, and look, you can pretty much bank on um, Alex Johnson going across for a try and you'll get decent money on pickle bet for that. You'd like to think, you'd like to think so, wouldn't you? You get $1.50, $1.50 for pickle bet. Like, he's going to get that. He's going to get a try. $1.40 for Souths is pretty good value. Like They don't really have many players backing up. They've only got a couple of forwards. As long as uh, Cook goes over the line again, I desperately need that. <laughs> While we're on that rab- rabbits, very very quickly, I was actually pleasantly surprised with Cody Walker's scores for the because normally he's a 
um, a bit more erratic up and down. Not so much a flat track bully, but obviously goes really well against the weaker teams. If you go back and have a look at South Draw this year, because I was looking at um, at Cook scores, thinking, why is Cookie so bad this year? He's not running the ball. He's basically played the top four teams week in, week out the entire year and been scoring 50, 50, 50, 55, 60. Um, South draw for the rest of the year is insane. It's almost like the the the, the draw gods have gone, righto, time's up. You guys have uh, done the hard yards. You guys get the Dolphins every week now. Go and have a look at it, mate. It's insane. Oh, I love it. It's why I, I, like, I got cooking last week. I got Alex Johnston in a few weeks ago, and I've, I'm possibly looking at the big balls pod play of Keon Kalamatangi um, because yep. I need a second rower, and he's not that much of an upgrade from Cartwright on the price point. So, you know, yep. I, I, I really believe that Keon's a good chance of a try this week and getting back to form because he was one of the best second rowers to own the first six weeks. So, yep. yeah, love South Straw. The Sharks and the Broncos. This one is probably a good one to mention. Some teams like the Broncos have just named everybody in their their normal starting spots that are playing Origin. But guys like um, Haas and Carrigan are going to have huge workloads, so they could be out of this one. Whereas someone, uh, some other teams like the Bulldogs have named their Origin player being TPJ in the extended be- on the extended bench. The Cowboys have named everyone on the extended bench that's playing Origin. All these te- all these players can go in and out, so it's really important to remember that, Billy, when you're having a look at the sides. When you're looking at the Sharks team, they're playing at Points Bet Stadium, which is good for them. And Nico Hines is going to be a bench utility. That's good as well to say that he's probably going to play if he gets through Wednesday night. I was mentioning South Sydney VCs because I can't not captain Nico Hines this week because this could be a heavily reduced Broncos team. Like I, I don't think that both Payne Haas and Carrigan will play. I think that at least one of them will sit, if not both. And Reese Walsh is playing his first origin game of his career. That's a pretty tough one for him to back up from. So the Sharks, you know, Nico Hines could be in for a really good game against the Broncos, despite how well the Broncos have gone this year. Particularly with how well Hines does against anyone in the competition, like um, rain, hail or shine, mate. He just he just does everything with ease. Um, I think the fact that you've, the, there's a couple of games under the belt first, too, gives it a bit of a break. But... He's, he's not going to be playing a full game anyway. So, yeah, sharp, I think Sharks to carve on that one, mate. Yeah, I really like it. And I like having a look at some of these Sharks plays at the moment. I think Mulatalo is the is the big pick outside of, obviously, Hines. He is someone who could definitely do well this week. Uh, yeah, mate. Is he... Uh... <laughs> Uh, is he left or right? I can never, I can never remember between him and Katala who, who's, who's right, who's left. Militale's left. Militale, right. No left. Sorry, leave me alone. He's got to be. He's another one though. Like it's been, it's really crappy how the BEs have worked out because he's seven hundred thousand to Militalo, but his BEs yeah. are in the hundred and twenties. So he, he's going to drop yeah. cash, but I could see him going really well this week. Realistically, you know, you could pencil, pencil him in for around sixteen trading because uh, after this week he's got Melbourne away, and then he's got the Dogs, um, and then after that the Sharks draw really opens up. So. It's it's going to be a pod play to get him now. He's playing really well, but I love the Nico C. I also love the value for the Sharkies on Picklebet. $1.57 for the Sharks to win at Points Bet Stadium with the Broncos players under a cloud. Uh, the Roosters versus the Bulldogs. I think that almost certainly the the Roosters, um, well, I was going to say the Roosters State of Origin players, but there's only a couple of them this year. 
Uh, certainly Teddy, I think, is going to back up because they can't afford him not to. They've certainly named him, and normally Robbo like, names the players that he expects to back up. Um, there was something interesting in this one, though, for me when we're looking at pod players. We've got Satili Tupanua at 13, and we've also got Victor Radley out three weeks. Satili Tupanua is going to get about 400k odd in price point next week with his break even. And if he's going to have two weeks, including the round 16 by at 13, it's pretty, it's a pretty big watch for me this week, but certainly in draft, I'd be grabbing him in draft this week. Obviously, Manu versus the Bulldogs back at six. So, uh, you know, you could look at a VC and look at seeing a, either a Manu or a Teddy backing up in a must-win game, really, for the Roosters against the Bulldogs. Yeah, it's Manu for me. Um, Teddy's obviously the other one. If you had the Tuesday, which which would you pick though? Like, like Teddy's way out of out of form. Um, just doesn't seem to be the, the player they used to. But he just, if anyone's still going to punch punch a big a, a big scare, he, he's going to be one of them. But at the same time, Manu at six and healthy, or does he go bigger? Which one? Well, it's, Teddy went one eighteen in his last game, um, and I do think that Origin can play him back into form. I think that he was outstanding that last game, one hundred eighteen. Um, I think I'd go for Manu um, because he's got a top score of 136 versus the Dogs before, and that was playing at fullback, uh, but like similar type of role that he does at six. And that's in his top few best scores ever. So I, I like that history, but I also like the fact that if if the Roosters are going to go well this week, and like it's no home run for the Roosters to win this. Like they, they lost last year to get against the Bulldogs that are a far worse side. They, they might struggle, but if they do get ahead by a lot, You'd think that probably Teddy goes off and makes it even a 20-minute breather, and then that's Manu time, isn't it? Because he might even go to one potentially, or he'll just have the run of it as well because he'll be up a lot. And, you know, I, I think that Manu's a safe bet if you really want to go for a big pod one in this. I think they kind of need, need, need him there in the halves. Um, if anyone moves to fullback, I don't know who the hell it would be. Like possibly Swali probably drops back. Well, the thing is that they've got Hutchison on the bench, so... The, yeah. the clear move will be yeah, put yeah, Hutchison yeah. in the halves and then that lets Manu go back to fullback pretty easily, I reckon. So um, that could be on, depending on how they go. But look, it, you know, the Roosters could lose this week. They're, they're travelling pretty poorly as well. So uh, Cowboys-Melbourne. Obviously, the Cowboys were a lot more competitive against your Eels side than I thought they would have been. Um, I had, had a few guys really stand up, but the, probably the only thing to really note here, because I don't think you can possibly captain on any of them, is that they do have, um, aside from their origin guys in the extended squad, Jeremiah Nanai on the bench. Now, he's only 510,000. He was one of the best second rowers that there was last season. Uh, I'm watching him because he could go down to 450K, and if he gets omitted from that origin side, he could be an interesting by play coming up as well. So that's probably the Cowboys watch, Billy. But the Storm have named their full side. The Cowboys are struggling. Would you go any of the Storm big guns in this one, like a Cameron Munster? Because, you know, Munster is already carrying injury. Um, I've got question marks as to whether he's actually going to play, whether he plays a full game. This this whole game, Cowboys Storm, just seems to have a lot of question marks on it to go near it with a C or VC. Yeah, I'm the same. I sold Munster last week for Dylan Brown because I kind of figured, oh, if you're going to get rid of anyone, get, it's the origin guys, but the ones under the injury cloud. And Munster, as soon as Munster came out with, oh yeah, I'm nursing that what groin calf back, whatever. That was that was the that was a, that was a turning point for me. There's no way in hell I'm keeping a bloke under an injury card, no matter how good they are. So 
for me, yeah, I wouldn't be seeing him for that reason. He's actually a prime candidate for himself if you needed uh, um, some cash this week. But would you do that early in a round? I think it would depend on what. So I think that we'll have early mail on a lot of this stuff, like whether he's going to play or not. It's it's, it's a real hard one. Like it's, it's it is a way. It is a bit of a trip up to Townsville for him. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't know what I'd do if I had Munster. Um, but I tell you, there's a pod. There's a pod move in this one. Ellie Katawa, who I sold, has been named, uh, and he's five hundred twenty thousand with a break even at twenty. And we spoke about the Storms draw. Um, if we get good news that he's pretty healthy and he's over his shoulder joint issue, they've they've got a good draw, and he's going to play around sixteen and seventeen for this Storm side. And at five hundred twenty-three thousand, averaging sixty-two for the season, he's he's going to be a bit of value. Yeah, he doesn't get the ball consistently, but like he does enough just to get the sixty-two. Is the problem for me? Yeah, I like that he's got uh, Hughes still there though, like because he's running off Hughes, and Hughes isn't going to be playing Origin or backing up, and that's a yeah. positive for him. And he's only got one try in eleven games, which I find really amazing. Like he's got. Yeah. What three, uh, two scores in the ninety, three scores in the ninety, sorry, out of his eleven games, and only one of them's got a try. It's, it's yeah. bound to get some more tries, especially on this current run. Yeah, I didn't realize that he would have had a two-try game, but uh, it was called back. Still talking about that call. Uh, I remember it. It was yeah. <laughs> he, he's due for some tries. He, he's he's got a good combo with um with Hughes. His health is going to be the only issue, but he has been named at the moment. So I'd be looking at the news and stuff. But he's a bit of a buy round watch because at round sixteen buy with him, he he could be a premium second row forward and someone that you can keep for the rest of the year as well. Um, interesting value pick as well. Before we go to the last game. Xavier Coates was uh, overlooked for origin. Um, a few astute super coaches have mentioned him. I think even Wilfred mentioned him as well. He's only 300,000 and he's got a 76 BE. So it's not even like you've got to do it this week. Like you could wait two weeks and maybe pay $260,000 for Xavier Coates and they, then they've got a pretty good run. Um, he's averaging 33 for the year and he was an origin player last year. Uh, base of 19, base, base attack of 25. He has been atrocious. He's only scored in two of his 10 games. If you get him for 275000 Billy, you know, is that a value pick? Does he turn it around? Is that a downgrade that nah. he can make? He's just quick. That's it. Nothing else. No work rate, mate. No, he's got no work rate. Um, I think it might be one of those watches for round 16 for that buy because he plays 16 and 17 Tigers manly. If he's cheap enough at that point, um, maybe if you're desperate for a downgrade, you could throw him in there. But... Look, the problem with him is as well, though, Billy, isn't it, that if you have to leave him in there, then it's going to be an issue because he's such a bad AE. Like, we've all been stuck with the Lukes and and the um, yeah. Tavares and stuff. His last three games, he's gone 11, 17, and 14. Uh, and that's why I sort of think that I just can't do it because I don't want to spend the two trades. And even if he makes money, it'll only be just enough. And if he doesn't, I can't leave him there because his scores are too low. If they have a... Um... A draw good enough that might make it more enticing for you. It's not going to be horrible. I mean, I remember going into um, round 18 or 19 a couple of years ago, I ended up having um, Shadow in the, um, so one of our mates, Daniel, in head to head finals, and it was a grand final. It was a $200 buy in. I remember looking at his team going, you've got Korobiti and you've got um, Ludovalu and Got Hughes. Then I went and looked at the lineup, and they had you know the Warriors and the Titans and 
and he, he killed me. He, I think he had those <laughs> three three guys priced around a 350, 450 grand all score, 120 points each in the, in the last round. It absolutely destroyed me. So when you get this late in the season, it's all about matchups. Like if you can get someone like Xavier Coates playing the last buy round, and all of a sudden having um, a couple of games where you don't have to play them, and you can play them versus the Dragons at home in the in a finals run. By all means, uh, those are those are the value players. Yep, good point. Panthers, Dragons, the last one. Uh, look, I think that the big talking point in this one is just going to be whether Cleary plays. It's it's really tough, isn't it? Because on one hand, it's a really good thing that they're the last game because they've obviously got the ultimate turnaround from Origin for the Panthers, who have six people in Origin. But, but Billy, if you Surely leave your seed to the end and he gets you know sat down, then you're stuffed. So, I mean... No, you know, you got your VC. Well, you got your VC, but then you have to going to have to cop a um, an AE as well when you could have just you know set your team up and yeah uh, yeah it's I don't know it's what are you going to do with this one because this is a great matchup obviously against the Dragons at Bluebet Stadium. I, either way, I'm screwed. Like if 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 he's not named and he pulls out, um, I get to fire anyway because I haven't got any extra trades. So it's either way, it doesn't matter for me. So I'm just going to straight out, straight out the see If it doesn't work, then um, I, I get, I'll get my A four points. Yeah, I guess for those teams that are short, um, you're not going to be punished as badly because you're going to be punished anyway, really, if you end up looping or anything else. Exactly. Though it does take out the Nico Hines play, though, doesn't it? Because obviously both at halfback, uh, you're not going to have the Hines option if you're going to go for Cleary. And then if Cleary doesn't play, your VC is going to have to be someone else. I surely, surely will know beforehand. Surely, yeah, you'd hope so. You'd hope so in the late mail um, that we'd be able to ascertain whether they're going to play or not, or certainly how they come through. Yeah, I and mean, his match up there is so so nice that it's not it's not one that you can muck around with. Uh, and 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 BC or C Hines anyway, Hines anyway, because Cleary could score an absolute bomb in this. Mm, no, and the, the other risk too is that he could come off as well, though. I mean, they've got Jack Hogger's 18th man, but they've got Jamin Salmon who can play in the house. If he can't, if he comes off, he's coming. He's coming off at 120 points, mate, not 20. That's true as well. Yeah, well, I mean, they are on Picklebet paying a dollar 12, so I think the bookies think that they are. There you go. The bookies think that the Panthers contingent is going to play. <laughs> Uh, I'm, uh, I don't know what to make of the Cleary stuff because I, I tend to think that he's going to rest either during the game um, or maybe entirely. But that's, yeah, it, we're going to have to wait and see on the weekend. Yep. But, Billy, Origin tomorrow. You're in Queensland territory, mate. must be hard to barrack for New South Wales over there. Hey, oh, mate, they always rip in you anyway. <laughs> nah, they, they, they love their footy up here. It's good. But, um it is funny listening to the data, how much they hate New South Wales room and how, how we're all stupid <laughs> cockroaches and scum. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm a nice bloke. Like, nah, these are all bullshit scum. Like, uh, uh, okay, nice to meet you too. They don't like us, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the smell of origin is it's a great time. Oh, I'm looking forward to watching the game and hopefully you'll have some bragging rights on Thursday anyway. Um, so enjoy the game, mate. Thanks for jumping on and good luck with Supercoach with your 17 runners this week. I think that you'll be praying for some guys to get through the game unscathed. 
Thanks. I think so, mate. I, I really don't want to be playing with 13. <laughs> well, thanks, Billy. We'll get you on again soon. For everyone that wants to listen to the podcast, you can grab us everywhere. Certainly iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, SoundCloud. You can subscribe on all those places as well, which is great. You get the podcast downloaded straight away. Also share it around so we can keep getting more and more listeners. It's been fantastic to see more and more come on board this year. Uh, also follow us on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore all stars. Jump on picklebet.com. When you sign up, use the affiliate or referral code as all stars, all one word. When you sign up, apply it. They'll take great care of you because they'll see you're one of our listeners. Enjoy State of Origin. Good luck to both Queenslanders and New South Welshmen. And also good luck in round 14. We will have a talking footy episode at the end of the week. As well as that, we'll be back with the Supercoach TLT after the round's done. Go the Blues. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get 